you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, January 9th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He's a husband and a father and a coach, of course. He's also a motivational speaker, a philanthropist, and a relentless advocate for accountability and truth and positivity, good humor, and a good laugh. He's known as the QB Whisperer, but he recently reminded us on this very podcast that the journey from whisperer to idiot is as short as one bad decision. Luckily for him, he didn't make too many of those. He's Steve Mariucci, coach. Welcome back. (laughs) I think I made a lot of those. That's why I'm doing this right now. <laughs> yep. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and today is an eye test, a challenge to our vision because we will look back and we will look forward. We will look back at the best of week 18 and we will look forward to the first week of the playoffs, specifically the six games scheduled for Super Wild Card Weekend. That's two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. Now, these are matchups of consequence, of course, as we enter the survive and advance portion of the NFL season. They are also matchups of intrigue, as they are all rematches from regular season play. But first, oh, what news we have to share from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and is back home one week after suffering cardiac arrest on the field of play. We are thrilled and proud to share that DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and returned to Buffalo. The UC Medical Center said in a statement through the Buffalo Bills, quote, he is doing well, and this is the next stage 
of his recovery. Hamlin's case has been transferred to a hospital in Buffalo where he will continue to recover, something that will be measured in, quote, weeks to months. Bengals coach Zach Taylor telling Fox 19's Joe Daneman, quote, that's unbelievable. I was just upstairs talking to somebody about when that would be. Just think about it. That was not even a week ago. There's no one in this room that expected he be in Buffalo after what we saw even Tuesday morning. God is great. He works miracles. This is certainly a miracle. No question. End of quote there from Zach Taylor. That sense of relief, coach, of joy and of prayers answered, echoing the words of Josh Allen, who we heard after yesterday's Bills victory over the Patriots, say this. You know what, the truth it was spiritual. It really was. Um, bone chilling, like, it was, it, was, it was special. I can't remember a play that touched me like that, I don't think, in my life. So it's, it's probably number one. It, 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 was, it was just spiritual, and I just, I was going around and, just something I, I was going around my team and saying, God's real. Like, you can't, you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return. So, it's pretty cool. Coach, this is a young man's life. It's not a movie, but it certainly feels as of late like a wildly imaginative screenplay, one in which... Naheem Hines was perfectly cast to play a sensational supporting role. Fielded at the four by Hines, coming straight up the middle to the 20, cuts it back at the 25, he's got an alley down the right sideline to the 40, 50, down to the 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Naheem Hines, 96 yards, Buffalo on the board with the first play from scrimmage. Are you kidding me, Chris? They showed Josh Allen, his arms on his head on the sideline. Sean McDermott, it appears, has tears rolling down his face. What a tribute to DeMar. Three picks for the Bills defense. Three touchdowns for Josh Allen. The number three on the minds of everyone in the league this weekend. That three, of course, being DeMar Hamlin's number. Coach, do you believe in miracles? Yes, I do. What a week it was for the sporting world. And it wasn't just about the Bills organization with a teammate that they were hoping and praying that would live. The, uh, I think the entire sports world embraced the praying for a young man who had a cardiac arrest on the field, in the arena, right before our eyes. And, and the good news started happening later in the week. Can you imagine the team when Sean McDermott said, I got a surprise for you guys and, and, and DeMar's face popped up on a zoom call to the entire team. And uh, he said, I love you boys. And, and uh, it was, it was um, you, you mentioned miracle. I, I believe that's the case. And, and I also believe that the power of prayer all week from millions and millions of people across this country, you know, the prayers were answered. Let's face it. And it, it was prayers, not just for, DeMar, but it was prayers for the uh, the training staff that had to resuscitate him. Really, Bill's staff and Bengal staff helped out. And then the, the people over at the, uh, it's a level one trauma unit at the University of Cincinnati. Those, those doctors and nurses were prepared as he uh, arrived there. And uh, they're the best in the business. And our prayers were out to them. One mistake could have been fatal, fatal right? And so um, he, he was, he was really under some terrific medical care, uh, the best there is. 
And I think our prayers were answered because the good Lord is smiling on Demar right now. Love hearing that from you. And I totally agree. I believe in miracles too. There is a precedent for it. I have no reason to doubt that miracles do happen. And I believe that we did see one this week. We saw it a week ago, but it is not just a testament to the power of prayer, but also a testament to the power of expertise and professionalism. As you rightly mentioned, the medical personnel on hand to deal with that incident in the moment made all the difference. And he was clearly delivered into the hands of professionals who were ready to deal with the next step. And of course, the next step now is back in Buffalo and he is delivered into the hands of professionals who are waiting to take him on that next step of his journey into rehabilitation and recovery. We certainly continue to wish DeMar Hamlin well, his family well, the Bills organization well. And it bears repeating that this is a young man. This is not a football player we are thinking of right now. This is a young man, a 24-year-old young man that we are thinking of right now. This is not a story that is last week's story. This is a real-time story in this minute and the next and the next. We will give you updates as we get them. We hope to continue to deliver good news to you on the status of Damar Hamlin. But for those of you who are inclined to prayer, don't stop now. They're working. Please keep them coming. Final score in that Bills game, Bills 35, Patriots 23. It started in spectacular fashion. Coach, the football side of this, of course, is that the Bills secure the number two seed in the AFC, Patriots eliminated from the playoffs. What is the reason that the Bills can and maybe will make a run to the Super Bowl? And what is the reason you would worry that they might not? What's their best quality and what is their most worrisome quality, Coach? The, the best quality is the, the way that roster is made up. And uh, they've done a good job over the last few years of collecting talent that has not only made the team, but start on the team and produce on the team. And they, the chemistry with them and each other is very good. So you start with the roster and that, that's what you, that's what you, that's what separates the good teams from the average teams to the poor teams is the, uh, the quality of the roster. And they are very good, both sides of the ball, special teams as well. So they don't have a lot of weaknesses on that team and needs and, and depth issues. So from that standpoint, that's why I feel that they can be a favorite in this league. I, actually, I predicted that the Bills and the Niners would be in the Super Bowl in the preseason. You did. And I have video evidence of that, Drew. Um, and so um, I, I still think that's a possibility uh, because they are playing well, they are motivated, they are well coached. It's a good bunch of guys that that work hard and well together. If if there's any concerns, and there always is a concern, is it's not so much of uh, you know the roster or the scheme or what they lack. It's the opponents. There are some there's some other opponents in this AFC that are, you could say the same thing with. You could say that the same thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. They have a heck of a roster and they they are a well-coached team. And it is quite a rivalry between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, right? You could say the same thing right now with the Cincinnati Bengals who have won eight, eight games in a row. And heck, they beat the Chiefs three times in a row. I mean, so, so the, the, the concern would be, Hey, there's some other teams out there that are pretty darn good too. And so on any given Sunday, it comes down to the last drive in a game. And I'm sure we're going to have playoffs like we did last year, where it seems like every darn game is a one possession game. You better play good 
two-minute offense or two-minute defense because it comes down to that. So anyway, so that's what makes this NFL season, this playoff season, interesting. There are some teams that are equally uh, built and, and they're equally excellent. And so it comes down to a penalty or an interception or a drop punt or whatever that is. One or two plays makes the difference in these games. That's why home field sometimes is an advantage. Now, now the Bills won't have to go into Kansas City because if they end up playing them, it'll be at a neutral site, which which I don't think we know where that is yet, do we? No, I don't think we know where that is. And of course, the question remains to be answered, who does that benefit and who does that hurt? But that is a bridge that we will cross in the days to come. So in summation from Coach Mariucci, the biggest plus that the Bills can claim is architecture, how this roster has been constructed. The biggest minus, the biggest concern for the Bills adversaries, their opponents in that AFC, when you consider the likes of the Chiefs, of course, with that playoff pedigree, with that AFC championship pedigree, and of course, the Bengals, who are the reigning AFC combatants from the Super Bowl. But that is looking ahead. Let's look to the near future. The next adversary, the next opponent for the Buffalo Bills comes in the form of of the Miami Dolphins on the backs of an unconvincing, I think we can agree, win over the New York Jets. There's the snap, the placement down, the kick is on the way towards the uprights, it is good! And it looks like it might be a game that will end the Jets season with another heartbreak. Final score, 11 to six. Coach, that game is the first game on Sunday. Sunday, January 15th, it is game number one. It is 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. The Miami Dolphins head into Buffalo to take on the Bills. Now, of course, this is a rematch. They played each other in week three. They played each other in week 15. Coach, you talked about it a little bit earlier today. I want to bring it up now. You were a coach in this league for a long time. How difficult, maybe a silly question, but it's one that needs to be answered. How difficult is it to face the same opponent three times in a season? And does it give one team or the other an edge? Well, first of all, I've heard the cliche through many times, well, it's hard to beat a team three times. Now, this isn't the case because they split. They had one possession games, you know, with each game came right down to the wire. But those were games that Tua played. And, uh, you know, he may not play in this game. But if I'm a team that has just beat the heck out of my opponent two times in a row, I've got to have a little confidence that I can do it again, right? I mean, put yourself in the flip side of that. If, If some team has beat me 32 to six twice, I got a feeling maybe they're a better team. Maybe they just are better than we are. But that's not the case very often. Oftentimes, these 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 match matchups that have three are 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 are, are such that they split during the year. Well, the the advantage for both teams is that you know the opponent very very well. It's not like somebody that you don't play every year. It's uh, it's got to be a divisional game, right, where you play twice a year and then in the playoffs. So it's a team that you know well. So in terms of personnel and matchups, you get it before you even start preparing. It's it's you already know that. So you got to tweak your, you know, your game plan a little bit uh, from what you had the last time. So there's a little bit of a surprise element. And uh, 
but you, you know, it's a matter of execution, right? It's a matter of who plays better on that day, who blocks and who tackles and who has the fewest sacks and penalties on that given day and turnovers uh, that'll normally win. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it can be difficult, but it, it, it makes for an easier preparation. You just, it's, it's, you're familiar with the opponent and what they do. Especially as a divisional opponent, I guess the follow-up question really has to do with Tua. You mentioned that he may not play, but let's put ourselves in the realm of the hypothetical. If he is cleared to play, coach, what are your instincts? Where do they take you? Are you playing him in this game? So first, before the doctors can clear a player in this concussion protocol, they've got to be convinced that he's well enough to do so. Part of that is getting confirmation from the player that I feel good. I feel good. Let me, let me play. Let me play. All right. So the, the player would say, yeah, I feel good enough, well enough to play. The, uh, the, uh, the doctors in charge to make a decision would clear him. And then it is still up to the head football coach if he's going to play or not. Right. The head coach has the final say after one gets cleared. And quite frankly, given to a situation with the concussions that he suffered this year, I personally would not play him in the playoffs. Now that's talking from afar. I, I'm not around him. I don't see him dancing in the locker room, appearing to be good and all of that. But, but I would have a real concern about playing a guy at 24 years old um, and risking another concussion because it's, it's a, a concussion is a thing where we just don't know enough about it. And they're all different. Every concussion's different. Every player that gets concussions is, has a different history. And so um, we, we do know that once you start having concussions, you're a little bit more susceptible to getting new concussions and they could be more severe. So they want to, I know they want to calm that down, slow that down. So putting him on the shelf and getting him ready for next year, when they have a nice football team ready to go, uh, makes sense to me. That's, that's probably what I would do if I were in that building. Now, it's not my call. It's, it's Mike McDaniel's call. If he gets cleared at all, he hasn't been cleared yet from the doctors. So uh, I would, I would err on the side of caution with a young, I had this with Steve young and he wasn't a young player. He's 38 years old. So I, I don't know if age is a factor. I think the general health and well being for his future is the most important thing, regardless of age. That's right. If memory serves, you sat Steve young, Probably longer than Steve Young wanted to be set, but you were thinking big picture and you took into account the player's health more than you did the games in front of you. Well, and it was and it was not because he was going to play another 10 years because he was already 38 years old. And so um, it was because of his long term health. And it's it's that simple. And because I love the guy and I didn't want to take a chance on uh, another concussion for him. And so we always take the, the health and well-being of the players because they're human beings now. They got a long life to live, right, after football. And so uh, that's why that's why I would say with Tua, you know what, just get ready for next year, Tua. You know what, we love you and we want to see you play well next year, period. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. Next game, 49ers and Cardinals. And Purdy going to throw, and it is caught by George Kittle again. Give him 11 on the year, two today. Final score, 49ers 38, Cardinals 13. The news that came out of this game, we will turn to the 49ers in a moment. The firing of head coach Cliff Kingsbury from Arizona and general manager Steve Keim has stepped down as well. So that is a seismic shift in power within the Cardinals organization. No replacement, of course, named the search for a new coach will begin. Coach, I wanted you, you know, Cliff Kingsbury personally, but I wanted you to speak less to that and more to the overarching reality that you kind of drew my attention to earlier today, which is that ostensibly the Cardinals didn't hire or fire a coach, a person in this case. It was the hiring and firing of a system. Can you please explain? Well, you got to remember when Kyler Murray was available to be drafted and he was going to be the number one pick. You know, it's like, all right, if if the Cardinals are going to take him, we going to put him in an offense that is like smash mouth three yards in a cloud of dust and, and put him under center every snap that doesn't fit his, his skill set. So he's got to be in a system that benefited him in college and in high school where you put the guy mostly in shotgun and you're running a spread offense, whether you call it a college offense or a high school offense or, or, you know, that sort of an offense, that's what he needed. Well, Cliff Kingsbury was as good as anybody in running that kind of offense in college so the experiment as i call it was here we're going to hire the system we're going to hire cliff to run this system yeah he came out of college he never coached in the nfl that's all right 
Kyler Murray hasn't played in the NFL. So let's see if this, these two can get this thing rolling and we can be, uh, you know, kind of on the cutting edge in the National Football League. But remember, a lot of teams, in fact, I should say every team are running those kinds of spread offensive concepts right now, whether it's RPOs or zone reads or put a man in a shotgun. You know what? Steve Young never went in the shotgun in his whole life. Okay. Never. Not once. And when I coached Brett Favre, Brett Favre didn't go into shotgun until eight years into his career. So it was a matter of preference, but, but now because of the rules and protecting and throwing the ball on the screens horizontally, you, you can throw the ball from shotgun quickly, get it out to your receivers and play like that college game allows you to play with the rules. And, and so they, Arizona said, this is what we want to try with Kyler Murray. And you know what? It was pretty good for a lot of the games, right? Oftentimes they started off fast because it's like a little different that NFL defenses would see, but, but then oftentimes uh, the, the back end of the seasons teams would catch up to it maybe and, and start beating them. And so um, the experiment's over. Cliff Kingsbury's a heck of a football coach. They just signed him to a new contract last year. And so, uh, it, you know, it went south for a lot of reasons, but you know, coaches are scapegoats and he's gone now, but he'll get a job if he chooses. But anyway, that's how I perceive this thing. They hired a system to see if this kind of an offense would work with Kyler Murray. And it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Next up for San Francisco is a wild card round date with the Seattle Seahawks, who, of course, won themselves in an unconvincing fashion over the defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams in overtime 19 to 16. San Francisco, of course, coming off of a convincing win over the aforementioned Cardinals. Brock Purdy, efficient, three touchdowns. This is the first game on Saturday of Super Wildcard Weekend, Saturday, January 14th. It will be 4.30 kickoff Eastern time on Fox, Seattle at San Francisco. Now, again, a divisional rival. So this will be the third time these teams will have faced each other this season. San Francisco swept the regular season series convincingly in week two, not quite as convincingly in week 15. That was an eight-point victory in week 15, which in the modern era counts as a one-score game. Coach, do you see trouble ahead for San Francisco? This is a game they will expect to win. This is a game they probably should win. But what unique challenge does the Seattle Seahawks team pose to San Francisco? Yeah, well, this is one of those, yeah, we beat you twice. Now uh, we're going to try to beat you again because we're the better team. But, you know, you got to play the game. And it's going to be in San Francisco. And you know what? I think San Francisco, even though they have a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy right now, in fact, since he started, Drew, his numbers are the best of all quarterbacks in the National Football League in terms of wins and losses and passer rating and yards per attempt. And he's the he's statistically he's the best quarterback. I don't know. Can he win offensive rookie of the year and only have played six games? I don't know. But um, they're the hot team right now. They just got Debo Samuel back last. He's been out for a while and they're healthy going into the playoffs and they feel as good right now with Brock Purdy as they ever felt with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. They, they don't know what they had in Trey Lance because he's never available. But um, right now you have a very confident team with a great roster and a healthy roster in San Francisco. So I think the Seahawks, while they welcome the challenge, 
And Pete Carroll is a heck of a coach. He will have his team ready. And that, and they, uh, you know, with Russell Wilson, I think, I think Russell Wilson was like 17 and four or some darn thing against the Niners. Well, you know, we'll, and Gino has had a nice year, but we'll see if Gino can, can uh, rise to the challenge against that great defense in San Francisco. They're top five on both sides of the ball. So to me, if the Seahawks would win, it's an upset. Um, I think San Francisco really is the team to beat in the NFC. You doubled down on the Bills making the Super Bowl. You called it out before the season began. Will you reconfirm your pick from the NFC that the 49ers will make a run to the Super Bowl? Yes, I, I, I'll say that right here, right now on this show. I think it, it goes through Philadelphia and that'll be a heck of a game because I really like where the Eagles are right now. It's two evenly matched teams with with uh, top five offenses and defenses, you know, usually you're really good on one side of the ball or the other, but they're both of these teams are good on both sides of the ball. And I think it comes down to that game in Philly, but uh, the Niners right now, there's just too many blue chip players that are healthy and playing well. And ever since they got Christian McCaffrey, they haven't lost a game. And so they're just too many weapons. Well, you mentioned it, the return of Debo Samuel. You, of course, just mentioned Christian McCaffrey, but Eli Mitchell certainly deserves to be name-checked as well. Five rushing attempts, 55 yards, two touchdowns. That is a dangerous, dangerous San Francisco 49ers backfield. Pair that with the number one defense in the NFL. Wow, look out anybody who is playing them, certainly the Seattle Seahawks. That is the first game on Saturday of Super Wildcard Weekend, 4.30 Eastern. You won't miss a single game in Super Wildcard Weekend, but definitely circle that one. That one should be fascinating. Next game, staying on the Steve Mariucci team's list, Lions 20, Packers 16. Goff takes the snap, back looks, throws, caught, first down Detroit Lions, DJ Chark down inside the 10-yard line. This game is over. Coach, a lot of people want to make this a Packers failure narrative, an Aaron Rodgers failure narrative, asking questions about will he be back in a Packers uniform? And maybe we should ask all of those questions. And maybe this game was ostensibly about what the Packers weren't able to achieve. But let's give the Lions their due here. This was a remarkable end to a remarkable season. And I found that to be an utterly fascinating watchable, wonderful team to watch all season, and specifically last night. What was your takeaway from last night's game at Lambeau? Well, it it surprised me. I I didn't see that coming. I know the Lions had beaten the Packers 15-9 earlier in the season, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers had thrown three interceptions in the end zone and at bad times, and it wasn't – Packers could have won that game. But this is – this Lions team, like you mentioned, is fun to watch. They're really fun on offense. Their defense is still ranked near the bottom of the league in many categories. And I think with this year's draft, they will shore that up. They will get some more players over there on defense and be a very, very competitive and complete team. Right now, they're just really solid on offense. And and I, and I just think this team has taken on the personality of its coach. You saw Dan Campbell. He looked like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in that in that game. He was freezing. He only wore a sweatshirt. I mean, this guy's a guy. He'd bite kneecap off and only wear a sweatshirt when it's 18 degrees. And so the team has taken on the personality. Hey, we're tough and we're physical and we're going to run the ball right down your throat when we need to. And what a year Jared Goff has had. You know, I felt really bad for Jared when he was traded away for them in, in the in the Matthew Stafford trade 
and then they throw he just threw him in just threw him in you know the trade with a couple of ones and some other and just throw he take jared off our hands and and uh and and that it's like oh jared's going to a bad team and matthew stafford's going to a super bowl team well all of a sudden the tables have turned haven't they and jared jared goff i'm proud of him he's really become the leader he, he he's made it such that they don't need to draft a quarterback right they're gonna they're gonna draft sixth from that from that Rams trade for Matthew Stafford this year's draft they can go get another great player on defense like they got Aiden Hutchinson last year and so um they're just they're just in a good spot right now where the Packers and Aaron Rodgers seem to be descending a little bit who knows where the Vikings will go Kirk Cousins is not a youngster anymore so so I think the future is bright in Detroit you know they haven't had a winning season in a while since Matthew Stafford but they're back restore the roar I mean they they're a fun team to watch and um you know, give them credit. They beat Aaron Rodgers. They swept Aaron Rodgers for the first time uh, in, in Aaron Rodgers' uh, lengthy career. So give them give them a lot of credit. The future looks bright for the Detroit Lions. Certainly, the roar has been restored. It is louder than it has been in a long, long time. Coach, I wonder how important it is, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. How important it is for the Detroit Lions to keep a hold of this very prized asset in their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. You mentioned that offense. They are fun. They are diverse. They can punish you in many different ways. How important is it for Ben Johnson to stay on staff? And maybe the better question, how hot a commodity will this young man be in the offseason? We have a little bit of a trend right now, Drew, in hiring. Whether it's fair or not, we have a trend where the the new head coach is an offensive minded play caller. Okay. Why is that important? You know, and Bill Belichick is not an offensive minded play caller, right? He's been a defensive guy. And then, and uh, you know, there, there are many other coaches that have been successful as a defensive kind of guy, but the trend now is if the, the coach and the quarterback have to be, they have to grow up together and they have to be joined at the hip. And if the quarterback's worth a darn, you got them for 12 or 16 years. OK, think about it. If you hire a defensive coach and you're you uh, you're off, you, you win or your offense is good. You're going to lose that offensive coordinator to another job. And now somebody else is coaching either a different system or a different way of game planning or a different way of being in the quarterback's ear. You can take a step back when you keep changing that out. OK, that's why the Sean McVay's and the, the, the Kyle Shanahan's and the Matt LaFleur's, those kinds of hires now are trendy because you know if you if you found that franchise quarterback, his system's not going away. You're joined at the hip with that coach forever, as long as you're both together there. Success won't change that. Whereas, uh, you know, so that's why that's why these, these young offensive coordinators seem to have a good chance at these jobs because, you know, the Zach Taylors, I mean, you can go on and on. Stefanski's and, and you know it's, it's a trend whether it's fair or not I don't know but it does make sense if you want to develop that quarterback uh, over time consistently next game Washington Commanders 26 Dallas Cowboys 6 back to throw it out to the right intercepted and it's going to be a walk in pick 6 by Fuller he went right back to the well and Fuller was sitting right on it wow that sound you hear are the deep sighs of anxiety fear, and concern coming from Dallas. Coach, are you joining in that din of despair coming from Dallas? How worried are you for the Cowboys heading into Tampa Bay for wildcard weekend after what we saw in week 18? Yeah, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little, I shake my head a little bit because I, I believe that the 
the Dallas Cowboys have a pretty darn good roster. And they, when they're on, they can put a 40-burger on you in a hurry. And they're just inconsistent. They Sometimes they show up and play well, and sometimes you shake your head and go, what was that? This was a clunker against Washington. It, it was like, gosh, I didn't see this. And it wasn't like they didn't have anything to play for. They were trying to, you know, possibly uh, – you know, move up in their seats. Now the Eagles and the Niners both won and all that. So they're going to be with the three seed, but still you, you, you want to be playing well going into the playoffs. That game against Washington was a clunker on both sides of the ball against a rookie quarterback, making his first start Sam Howell. And so that's got to be a wake up call over there with America's team, because I didn't see that coming. Specifically the play of Dak Prescott has a lot of people concerned today. Is he shouldering too much of the blame and the burden or is that concern and is that spotlight exactly where it belongs on his shoulders? Yeah, he's the quarterback, right? And so the coach and the quarterback get the record uh, that lives with them forever. They uh, they get all the blame. They get all the praise when they win, you know, all of that. And it's so, which is really a little bit unfair, but that's how it is. And, and Dak has to play better than he did. It's simple as that. Now he's going into a, a, a game on the road against the team, the Bucks, who have beaten him. 19 to three. He didn't play very well in that first game. In fact, that's the game he got hurt, but they only scored three points, which was a shocker because Tampa's defense isn't as good as it used to be. So uh, we will have this conversation next week. If they get beat by the bucks, like what's going on in Dallas is, is Dak the guy and all that. I really believe he is. I believe he's a heck of a franchise quarterback, but I just shake my head sometimes because he's 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 been up and down too much. Dak Prescott, 14 of 37 for 128 yards and an interception that was returned for a touchdown. That is not the dress rehearsal you are looking for heading into opening night of the playoffs. That game is the Monday game. That is the sixth of six super wildcard weekend games. It will be played on Monday, January 16th at 8.15 Eastern. ESPN, ABC, Dallas at Tampa Bay. Coach Brady is unbeaten against the Cowboys. He is 7-0 and in his career against the Cowboys. What does your gut tell you? I'm not asking for a score, but I'm curious about what your gut tells you as you sit here on Monday afternoon about that game. Huh. You know what? I, that, that's why I, I'm waiting. That's the one I'm watching with most interest because you got the GOAT against America's team. And and quite frankly, both teams, they're in the playoffs, yes, but both teams in many ways underperformed this year. And uh, it, it's like, which Bucks team will show up? Which Cowboys team will show up? I hope they both bring their A game and then we have a real competitive game and we'll see if the GOAT Tom Brady can win one at the end like he's done so many times. He went through his 23rd season and this is the first losing season he's ever had as a starting quarterback. And it's like, what? But they won the division at eight and nine. So it's kind of silly. It's, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I just want to see which, which team shows up for this game because it's uh, the battle of inconsistent teams. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We have three games to go. We are talking to Coach Steve Mariucci. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. The three games that we have to talk about are the three remaining games we haven't talked about in Super Wild Card Weekend. The first is the second Saturday game, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. It's the fifth-seeded L.A. Chargers on the road at Duval to take on the fourth-seeded Jacksonville Jags. Now, the Chargers coming off of a loss to the Broncos, a game in which the Chargers' defense let them down. The Jags coming off of a win. Shotgun, biggest play of the game right here. Shotgun for Dobbs, he drops, it's a blitz, an all-out blitz. They hit him as he lets it go, the ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. A win and in game win against division rival Tennessee Titans in which the Jags required their defense to get them over the line. First blush, first thought, coach, how do you see that game going down? You have the battle of the 6-6 athletic quarterbacks. That's what's intriguing about this game. Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence are are superstars in this league. Now, now going to be superstars, okay? Trevor Lawrence's second half of the season is what we expected from him and Justin Herbert's been good for a while. But you you're talking about a hot Jacksonville team coached by Doug Peterson that's confident right now and on a roll. And you have a Charger team that's a little bit banged up, 
a little bit coming off that game last time. It's like, why did we play our starters? Is Mike Williams hurt and Bosa hurt? Or are we going to be in this game? So there's some question marks. And and uh, so they played already this year. And so we, we uh, you know, it, it's going it, to, let's face it, it's going to come down to which which one of those 6'6 six, six quarterbacks can make enough plays and not turn the ball over in a game like this in Duval County. The second of three games on Sunday, January 15th, kickoff 4.30 Eastern time on Fox, the sixth seeded New York Giants against the third seed Minnesota Vikings. The Giants coming off of a valiant defeat to the number one, the top seed Philadelphia Eagles. That was a one score game in the end, 22 to 16. Minnesota Vikings took care of business as you would have expected them to do against their divisional rival, Chicago Bears. Play action, straight drop, pass to the end zone, caught, touchdown, Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins throws a touchdown to Adam Thielen and for Kirk, it's his 29th touchdown this season. Final score there, 29-30. 13. Coach, my question is this. How dangerous are the Giants? How worried are the Vikings, considering they are 11-0 in one-score games this year, and math might suggest that they are due for disappointment? Yeah, they played already in a heck of a game. And so, you know, what, what saves the Vikings a little bit, it's at home because they're, they're, they're just better at home. And uh, you mentioned being close, winning close games. Um, you know, sometimes good teams, they want to say, hey, we didn't have a lot of close games because we beat your breaks off. You know, we beat you by 10. We beat you by 17. But that, that, that they're not built that way. They're not a team that's going to beat the heck out of you. They're going to win it with us with a great throw to Justin Jefferson or something at the end. Um, I think this I think the Giants have a heck of a chance. They rested their players, Saquon and Daniel Jones rested last week and they should be fresh and ready to go into a game like this. That's completely different styles of ball. The Vikings have to throw the ball for the most part to score a lot of points. And and the Giants are more of a throwback team where they're trying to play some defense and run the football and and not mess it up on offense. And Daniel Jones has had a good season, very much improved. So I think this game is going to be another one possession game. Is this an upset special? Are you putting the Vikings on upset alert? Alert, yeah. I'm not going to predict that right now, but yeah, you know, this is you can't take this one for granted at all. This is going to be a doozy. The last game to talk about is the last of three Sunday games. That is Sunday, January 15th. And it, of course, is the sixth seed in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens, on the road to take on the third-seeded Cincinnati Bengals, the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, playing their best football at the best possible time. This will be the third time these teams face off. They played each other in week five, but, of course, it will be the second time these teams play each other in eight days. They just played each other yesterday in week 18. Joe catches the shotgun snap. He throws it deep down the left field to the left sideline. Oh, a baby. leaping catch yeah. in the end zone. <laughs> Jamar Chase hauls it in and the Bengals have scored again. Final score, Bengals 27, Ravens 16. Coach, the question really is, can this Baltimore Ravens team mount a serious challenge considering the questions that they have at quarterback? Because on paper and based on recent eye test, it's hard to believe that the Ravens will be in this game for more than a few minutes. We don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson, whether he's tapped out for this season or what i don't know the extent of his injuries knee injury and tyler huntley there is does he have a shoulder and wrist injury or did they sit him just to play in the playoffs 
um, keep him healthy because he's the only healthy veteran kind of quarterback that they can go make a playoff run with. Uh, if they have to play Anthony Brown again, the rookie, you know what, at least he's playing a team that he prepared for last week. There will be familiarity in this game plan that really helps that young quarterback out because it's not a whole new uh, defense to prepare for with all different exotic blitzes. He's already been through the prep of this Bengal defense. So that'll be the key. It's a, it's unfortunate that the Ravens and the Miami dolphins are having quarterback issues going into the playoffs. That's the last thing that you want, but this is a prideful Ravens team. They won a lot of games this year. They will fight these Bengals. They're good rivals, but right now the Bengals have eight wins in a row or on the hot team in the national football league. A last look at super wild card weekend, Saturday, January 14th, two games, Seattle, at San Francisco, 4.30 Eastern time on Fox. The Chargers at the Jags, that's 8.15 Eastern on NBC. Then we go to Sunday, three games on Sunday, January 15th. Game number one, the Dolphins on the road to take on the Bills. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time, that is on CBS. Then you shift over to the NFC, the six-seed Giants on the road to take on the third seed Minnesota Vikings. That's 4.30 Eastern on Fox. The final game on Sunday, back to the AFC. The game we just spoke about, the Ravens on the road to take on the Bengals, 8.15 Eastern time on NBC. And the last game of Super Wild Card Weekend, we shift back to the NFC. The fifth seeded, head-scratching, suddenly bewildering, suddenly vulnerable Dallas Cowboys on the road to take on the four seed, the TB, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady Buccaneers. That's 8.15 p.m. on ESPN. ABC. That is the slate of games for Super Wild Card Weekend. We will be getting you ready for this weekend all this week. I want to thank today's special guest, the coach, the soothsayer, the QB whisperer, and a generally amazing dude, Steve Mariucci. Thank you so much for being here, coach. All right. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the playoffs. It's going to be awesome. Please join us tomorrow when we take a closer look at the Super Wild Card Weekend slate. And keep in mind, for all of you who are doubting the lower seeds, history says for you to erase those doubts, at least one wild card team has won in the opening round of the NFL playoffs in each of the last five postseasons. In the two years since the league expanded to seven playoff teams, a wild card team has gone all the way to its respective conference title games. And of course, don't forget that the Bucs won Super Bowl 55 in 2021 as the number five seed in the NFC. Doubt lower seeds at your own peril. We'll take a closer look tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.